0: This week's episode is brought to you by Colt 45 and Bananas, Breakfast of Champions. Hey, what's going on? This is Tay, the former co-host of Keep It Basement with the Swings. I see the boy Swings done blew up without me. You are tuned in to Keep It Basement and keep it locked here. Yeah. More fire. Come on, man. I'm too Hollywood for this podcast. Yeah, I heard you tried to get bitches to the crib. That didn't work, obviously. And then your bum ass intern, very unreliable and unprofessional.
1: <laughs> keep it, keep keep it keep basement, man. What? Keep it what radio? It's basement radio. Keep it basement.
2: Put it down with Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney, keep it basement. The idiot. What's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. Jeez. What's up,
1: homie? Do so you want me to shout out Mike Sweeney, or, or what? Are you Jewish? Ah, uh, no, I'm actually not. No, I'm not Jewish. Would it be better if you, like, well, if I told you I was Jewish? Oh no, you're a white kid, right? Yeah, what? Yeah, I'm white. Oh no, I'm just trying to Sweeney. I know some. People. All right, so basically, you want me to shout out Keep It Basement, right? We in the keep It Basement? Yeah. Keep It what? Like Keep It, like Keep It in the house. Keep it in. Keep It Basement. Yes. And
0: what, what's your name, you guys? Hi, my name. Kevin Sweeney, Mike Sweeney, but that was so good. Oh man, how did I get that wrong? Nikki Paris, and you're listening to Keep a Basement Radio. Don't go anywhere, bitch, and you keep doing you. All right, Sweeney,
2: I'ma see you later. Stay black. (laughs)
1: That's That's not so bad.
2: Bad, bad, bad. Bad, 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 bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it, (laughs) keep it, basement podcast. It's
0: time to make my move we taste the victory like opus damn, that shit was dope. damn son where'd you find this <laughs>
2: Based on what the swings, the good boy, the swings here, and here's some of the audio from the Tom Green uh, show. I called in randomly, and he answered, and I actually ended up speaking with him for like 30 to 40 minutes, and pretty much turned his IG live, his radio show, his podcast, whatever you want to call it, into an interview, and asked him questions, and he answered it, and he gave advice, and he talked about, you know, a lot of different things, and we'll get into that. And pretty much, here's some of the audio. Let's get into it. Ryan, we made a great
0: record, too, back in 1989, 90, 91. We did make a great record. It was, I would say it was ahead of its time, That's dope. Actually,
2: Tom, do you think Joe Rogan, the podcast, is the new late-night TV show for comedians? Like, does it amplify the career that much better than late-night TV now?
0: I think Joe Rogan is the man. I was just on the show this week. Did you know I was on it this week?
2: Come on, Tom, I watched it.
0: Oh, good. Well, thanks for watching.
2: I'm, I'm yeah, scared think, about you know, corona just that, like you. I
0: think that is the equivalent of being invited on the Johnny Carson show today for this generation. No offense to all the other great talk show hosts out there that are doing stuff on mainstream television, but I think for this generation, real talk, if you're a stand-up and you go on Joe Rogan, that's the 2020 equivalent of being invited on Johnny Carson. That's my opinion. I'm not saying that. Because Joe's my friend and because he just invited me on the show. I'm saying that because it's true. Spaghetti sauce? Yeah. He said, ragu? Why are you using ragu? I said, well, I don't know, because it's a pandemic. I got a can of ragu. Anyways, so now everybody's, like, getting mad at me online. Like, I'm telling, like, hundreds of people are mad at me because I'm using ragu, which is a legitimate sauce. I'm not saying it's it's not like an illegitimate sauce. That's like a real sauce. So anyways, I add stuff to it. It's delicious. That's all I'm saying. So much money, it's okay, I'm fine. Check this out. I got this song that I just wrote. Uh, I wrote this song in 1992 with my friend Greg.
2: That's wild. You playing it? Not
0: a construction site. Style I'm shooting for. Taking no bull like a matador. An infection with inflection. Renegade, like a palisade. Poking the hose like a pincushion. I love it. I use Grecian. Beat and receptacle. We bring back the funky horns like this. It's organized rhyme. It's organized rhyme. It's organized rhyme. It's organized rhyme. It's organized rhyme.
2: Eight minus six. New bag of tricks. So this Tom Green story, how it all started was... One of the nights I was bored during a quarantine late at night... And I saw Tom Green was live... Because I just uh, checked his stuff out. um, Followed him recently because the Joe Rogan interview. Even though I know who Tom Green is. He's a legend in the game. And he's a pioneer and an innovator in what he did. And what he does do to this day. And he's multifaceted and is in multiple arenas, which I love. He does multiple stuff. So anyway... I uh, had the number for his uh, radio radio line, right? So I saw he was on live. I was paying a little bit of attention to it. But it was late at night. Keep in mind, it was L.A. time. So it was like 1 a, one a.m. here in uh, New Jersey, in East Coast time. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I gave it a call. It kept ringing, and it kept ringing, and kept ringing. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm never going to get on anyway. Who cares? So I'm like getting ready for bed, you know. Not really prepared for anyone to answer. Pretty much half asleep. Uh, usually I have two phones, right? One for like, you know, to record something and to do content with and another to just call people or talk. So I was on my new phone, iPhone, and all of a sudden uh, someone picks up and it's like, hello. And I'm kind of like not paying attention fully and they're like, hello. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Thinking it's like a producer or friend or not Tom Green. And he's like, it's Tom Green. You're live on the Tom Green show. And I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, I'm like, oh, hey, like, like, oh, man, I'm like getting back in the zone now. okay, you know, like, you know, getting my broadcaster mode back on or like interview mode or like, you know, not scheming, but like getting in a mode where like, you know, he knows I'm a creative or he knows like, you know, I'm interested in the similar things he's into. But he's like, hey, what do you do and all this stuff? And I kind of downplayed at first because I don't want to go too hard or like, you know what I mean, too, too much, because a lot of times it's like fans calling truck drivers on the road people chilling at home, cooks, you know, average day guy, your average Joe. I'm an average Joe, too. I'm just saying. But, like, not. I don't think I've ever heard a comedian call or anyone in the field or, like, an entertainer or a broadcaster, you know? So I didn't want to be, like, thinking I, he was. I was trying to scam him into something, which I really wasn't doing. I just wanted to learn more about his journey and, and try to interview him, you know? So I just, like... I think he, like, you know, two minutes later where he's like trying to like probably end the convo because, you know, you, you call up, you're trying to get multiple calls, multiple fans on just talking about random stuff. And he's talking about like random stuff. I think he likes talking about random comedy stuff more than he does like serious stuff. And then I think out of nowhere, I just start literally saying what I do, how I've interviewed comedians at the Stress Factory. And then he's like, shout out to the Stress Factory in New Jersey. I've been there. I like it. Tell Vinny Brennan, said hi. I'm like, okay. Like I, I, I know people who know Vinny. I kind of know him. I'll sell, say hi. He's like, okay. And it's like kind of like awkward pausing on and off. And then he's like, so what else do you do? And like, cause he was like interested at that point. And I was like, well, I have a podcast, keep it based on with the Swings, And also I'm in radio and I know a lot of comedians and I know a lot of people in entertainment and I do interviews and I was just like listing some interviews I've done, I believe. And then he could tell he was more interested in promoting. He's like, what's your podcast called? Or he was like looking it up or he was just telling people I'm live. And I was like, it's Keep It Basement with the Sweenes. And uh, and he's like, how are we going to find that? That seems complicated. Like it was too long. He was saying, he's like, that's way too long. Like kind of not, not really giving me advice, but kind of not like dissing it, but just saying how it's so long. And I was probably talking fast or he probably, I don't know. So I was like, well, it's one word, keep it basement. And then at the Sweenes and I was like spelling it out and he was like saying it and he was like shouting it out. And I was like, it will come right up if you look because I interview porn stars and that gets a lot of views. And he's like, oh, you you interview pornographic people. And then he was like asking about that, asking about the interviews and stuff like that. And just started talking about like that and comedy and different people. He brought up Shane Gillis, how Shane Gillis is a great stand-up comedian and other people like that. And then he was just talking about like my porn interviews, uh, YouTube, uh, you know, podcasting, comedy and how he's done stand-up comedy. And, you know, he, he... he had a broadcasting background too and i i don't i don't have the whole recording because of the situation which is annoying the situation was i got my phone late cuz i have two phones like i said i put it on where i was like filming some of the conversation i have that audio here that you listen to And then also I put my phone on screen record so I would record the whole interview and you could hear me during the whole the whole live and people are commenting the whole time, which is completely hilarious. I have that with no audio. I have like 40 minutes of me getting commented on the whole time from fans, either good or bad, saying funny comments. And there's no sound because I lowered the volume because I didn't want any feedback because he told me to lower it because he did that a couple times I was testing his audio because he was having audio issues and he was like freestyling to me and rapping, which was legendary. Tom Green just freestyling and rapping to you and to the audience and then like to me and I'm on the line the whole time. And it's just so funny, by the way. So I lowered the fucking volume so you can't, so I didn't know when you screen grab and I was half asleep, keep in mind, it's like 2 a.m. now, 1 a.m. And... I lowered the volume so I couldn't get the audio, which sucks ass because it would have been great content. It would have been awesome promotion because I pretty much turned his live into a basement invasion with all due respect, Tom, your legend. But I turned it into a cubit basement in fucking Vasion. And I just started asking questions like the nice little innocent guy. And then I just dug the fuck in and asked about, you know, how he made it, his success story, how comedians can make it, other people can make it, and Joe Rogan, all that stuff. Just ton of questions. We'll get into that. And then he was just answering it genuine. And it was a genuine combo between two creatives, one who's obviously a lot more famous and pretty talented. Um, but the f- fucked up part was I couldn't get the audio, which sucked. And then I tried to get it and reach out to him. And, uh, I don't think he saved some of the calls. And also he was having technical difficulties. He was like, it was his first night testing his new premise of his podcast. Cause he wants to get into broadcasting during the quarantine. So he was like testing it with different callers and stuff like that. And he didn't save like any of the calls. And I was definitely his longest call cause they were all commenting about it. And he wasn't even saying that I was on for like 40 minutes and the conversations were awesome. Let's just put it that way. It's pretty dope. I just want to say I normally don't fan out. It's not like I'm the biggest Tom Green fan ever. If anything, it's like I'm not like the biggest Joe Rogan fan ever or the biggest Tom Green fan ever, or like the biggest Kevin Smith fan ever. But I admire these guys because they built it themselves. They put themselves on through TV shows, through networks, through creating their own content, online broadcasting early. Like Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan were the the original Fleshlight sponsors, right? Tom Green was like the original online broadcaster. He was using Skype in like 2000s. And like I said, I'm not a Tom Green stan, but I'm a fan of the like just all the stuff he's done. I respect his come-up story and how he was an innovator. And... I I was just so fucking jacked up after the call, and I I couldn't sleep. I was, like, excited. Like, I saw Mickey Gall post about how he couldn't sleep after watching the Jordan um, documentary, and that was a pretty good documentary. I started working out after that because I was, like, jacked up too. And, like, you just, like, the fire and the passion inside Michael Jordan and his desire to win and be successful. And, like, after talking to Tom Green about, like, building the brands and stuff like that and stuff he was saying, like... Not to be a narcissist, but like the stuff he was saying that helped me during the interview was dope. But I also like helping other people too with my questions. But I remember I was jacked up, (laughs) the throwback. Like, I remember I was really jacked up one time because Mickey Gall was coming over, UFC fighter doing an interview, the first one. And the whole studio was flooded with like shit and piss, dude, because the sore like clogged in my basement. And we had to like clean it last minute out of nowhere. And I was like, ah, no sleep, running around like a fucking psycho. And then he came and he came a little late. And uh, it was just a great interview. It was dope. And it was cool how we all came together, Kea basement crew, and did a great interview. But yeah, this Tom Green thing was dope because I think I started out the conversation. I took some notes about it. I asked like the stand-up comedy future was like my first normal question. And he was just talking like how I'll think it'd be better over time and it'll get better and he said like then he started getting like like so when I ask the questions, he'll be serious and like be genuine about it. But then you could tell like he was trying to entertain his audience as well, which I totally get. And me. But then he realized like how I was like just in the same boat as him as a creative. Like an, I'm like consuming the content he is, but I'm a part of it as well. So like he would talk about like Shakespeare, how he dealt with the flu and other people. And he was like kind of being goofy, talking about like certain things like that. And I would allow it like I was the I was co-hosting really. And I was like, cool with it. And I was just trying to like, not maneuver the conversation, but I wanted to get some gems out of it. So we talked like comedy and he was talking his bits and then he would go at a serious questions and just a lot of cool shit for me was the porn stuff when he was like, he was like asking me that, um, if they came to me with a TV show offer, would I tone down my content? And he's like, if you were doing a TV show, interviewing porn stars, he's like, you probably actually, you probably wouldn't even get a TV show doing that because it's too much and I'm like, yeah, you're right, probably. Unless it's like on public access or late at night. I was on public access, so was he. And we were just talking about that too. And then he basically was just saying, like, would you tone down your content if you had a TV show? And I said, I don't think I would, Tom. I don't want to like sacrifice my stuff. And that's why I realized you got to put yourself on, like you and Joe Rogan did and like all the other greats who did shit like that. And he was saying that, well, he had a TV show. Cause I asked, cause I was talking about, is, do you think TV's dead? And like, is, is Joe Rogan the new like the Tonight Show kind of thing? And he agreed with me that Joe Rogan is, but he also was saying how TV could help amplify your career because it helped him. And then he and then I asked like, did you tone your content down when you had that show? And he's like, no, that's why I ended up getting uh, <laughs> uh, kicked off or whatever. But he the first show he had, he didn't get kicked off. He had uh, testicle cancer and then he quit. But and then the second show, I think MTV just ended it the late night show because it was like too much because he was because it was wacky. And he also said that TV can be important, yes, but now more than ever, Joe Rogan's show, his platform is like the uh, Johnny Carson show. And I was like asking that question and he was like, "You, you know I was just on Joe Rogan, right? I'm like, Tom, yeah, I listened to the episode. I like watched it. And he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And then he was talking about like the whole Ragu thing, how people were hating on him when he was talking about Ragu and he was like just getting in all the comments. And you could tell he was very appreciative that Joe Rogan brought him on the platform and their friends and he was so happy about it. And he was co-signing Joe Rogan, bigging him up. And I said, yeah, that's crazy how it works, ain't it, Tom? I'm like, karma. I'm like, and like how like, I, I, I meant like good positive energy karma. You know what I mean? Not like a negative way. And I'm like how you had Joe Rogan on back in the day on your TV show when he wasn't as big. And now you're on his and you're telling the story. I'm like, that's amazing. It's awesome. And he was like, well, Joe Rogan, I was a fan of his comedy back then. He was He was big and he was like playing up Joe Rogan. And like, he knew what I meant though. And I was just being real and he was just not being like politically correct, but he was just saying like Joe Rogan's his friend and Joe Rogan's dope. And he had Joe Rogan on back then because he was a fan of his comedy early on. And then Tom Green started to do comedy after that, really. And that was to the last 10 years. He was dedicated to to comedy and his craft. And during this quarantine, he's getting back into broadcasting. And it was just so much of the conversation. It was such a genuine, great conversation. I would love to have him on an interview again uh, on like a real interview on my platform. And he said he would come on the podcast and do an interview, whether it be at the green room in the stress factory when he goes there, when we do comedy, if ever. Or maybe a call-in or something if I get a hold of him. He said he was going to follow. I don't know if he did yet. And every time, like, the, the I wasn't always looking at the reactions of the comments, but every time, like, they were trying to get me off saying, is this guy a co-host? Is he the new Glenn? Is this your new co-host? You found your new co-host? And all this stuff like that. Um... I just kept the combo going and I was on the line and he was trying to fix some sound issues and he was freestyling also and he was rapping. To have Tom Green rap to me and the audience is also hysterical. I have some of that audio where he's like freestyling and rapping and then I ter- pretty much turned into an interview as well but he'd go back and forth and make music and do songs and I wouldn't cut him off and I was being respectful and um, just listening to the music and, and admiring him just pretty much doing comedy bits and also freestyling and his old rap music. I honestly didn't know that he was so prolific with beat making and doing beats and stuff. Like he was making beats and it sounded like you give it to like Travis Scott. And he said he does like Travis Scott, and post Malone and like new rap plus old school. And I knew he was a hip hop head because I did ask him about his early hip hop um, days. And I think he did like that question as well. Cause I asked that, didn't you start in college radio back in the day in Canada and you had a hip hop show. And he's like, yeah, I did start in college radio. I was in high school and I had a hip hop show and it was on a college radio station late at night. And that's where I actually met Glenn, I think as well. And he was just original, and he went to broadcasting school as well. He actually did comedy when he was younger, uh, like young, like, you know, 13, 16, for like a few years, and then he went and did broadcasting, went to broadcasting school, and wanted to be a broadcaster, but never was able to get any job he wanted, <laughs> similar to me, and he just created his own path, which I admire, which is dope as fuck, and so that was interesting. I asked him about his early hip-hop days, and he started making rap albums back in the day. He actually had a hit back in the day in, like, 92 or whatever and i didn't know so much about his hip hop career i didn't i i honestly don't know so much about tom green uh, like but i did admire you know the cult classic "Freddie got fingered road trip uh i got put on to tom green from road trip as a young kid when you're young as shit and you're watching comedy movies him the mitch scene the freaking snake the the mouse that he was like eating that put me on to tom green as a young kid and then also as i was getting older I remember he did stuff on MTV, and as a younger kid, that's how I got onto Tom Green. So the platform of TV did help, in movies, and we talk about that as well. And so that's how I got onto Tom Green, but we talked about early rap stuff, he was making beats, he's always a musician, like, dude, he's multifaceted, he's a rapper, he produces shows, writes movies, does comedy, and has TV shows, something that I would uh, love to be, and I'm trying to be, and I am that, really, and so I see that, and it's dope, but then I also hear him talk about how stand-up comedy is so important, and you can tell he has admiration for stand-up comedians. He was obviously shouting out like Rogan, Shane Gillis, and stuff. And he like worked on his craft for years and stopped everything else because you need to be that focused with stand-up comedy. And he's you know, done years on the radio uh, for gigs and stuff like that in comedy. He would go promote all the time. But I honestly think like he stayed on the line with me and didn't hang up. Cause I was like a genuine guy. Like that's what I am. I wasn't trying to like scam him. I mean, he did call me the master manipulator because I turned it into an interview, but I was trying to get more out of his story. And like, it was inspiring the people and it inspired me. It did the right thing. And I was fired up from that call. And he called me, he, and he gave me a shout out. He shout out Kia Basin with the Swings, And he also said that he could tell I was a good broadcaster, a podcaster and a master master manipulator. Some people might take that as a diss, but I take that as a fucking compliment. When Tom Green calls you a good caster, I mean, I'm putting it in, like, the terms, like, what I remember from. I don't know if he, like, actually meant to compliment me or diss me, but I know that he was feeling that he was he was a cool dude and he was, like, feeling it and he was allowing me to talk and he was allowing me to ask questions and he would give his response back. And I think the one thing that he did fucking fuck with was, because I know the feeling of people stealing your work and everything like that and taking your ideas, and I know he's an originator. I know people probably have got inf- inspired off of him, like Eric Andre, Jackass, uh, maybe even Sasha Baron Cohen. Who knows I saw an old tweet where Tom Green was talking about that but a lot of people took his creative ideas or got inspired off it and made their own stuff and I told him how I was like hey listen Tom I, I remember this con- I remember in the conversation like he was like thankful I said that and I remember that probably gave me like 20 more minutes of time because he like there was multiple times I was like all right we're gonna go pretty soon uh, with a new caller and then we just started talking and and it was a passionate call and he allowed me to keep talking and then we went back and forth and I was just pretty much, I told him, you know, you got to give people the flowers while you're here. And I just, I was like, Tom, not to sound cheesy or corny, but I was, I made it cool. I made it real. I made it, you know, authentic, raw, baby. And I said, you know, I'm just giving you your flowers while you're here. Uh, you're a legend in the game with online broadcasting and paving the way. And we talked about like the Joe Rogan, the Johnny Carson, uh, how podcasts can help gain exposure as a comedian. And, you know, it it, it just seems like Tom has admiration for the comedy world and, like early radio stuff and hip-hop and it was dope and I like I said I'm not like a huge Tom Green stan but I I, I was feeling it I was jacked up in that call and I admire his career and his his path and everything like that and back to Road Trip I talked about that like that's what put me on to Tom Green as a kid and I kind of told him that scene and I was asking about it and he said that Todd Phillips created Road Trip and he actually is the one who created the Joker the new Joker and he put Tom Green in uh road trip because he was friends and then he also talked about like how todd phillips did like soda commercials back in the day and that like blew tom green up and todd phillips yeah it was interesting i thought like who would have thought about that and he was like talking about all this old mtv stuff that was pretty much it i probably missing some stuff but it was a long ass call and i don't want to be annoying but like pretty much what i got out of it was he's a good dude and it's like about creating your you know create your own weird opportunities i don't know you can tell he's like a genuine guy i feel like he'll make fun of people right Or make like make people angry, but he feels bad after about making a joke on certain things, and I have that feeling too. Like you know, I mean, when I do stuff like that, not to like relate us, and pretty much he was like talking about like in his old interviews too. If you like research it, when people don't give you a job in broadcasting, you just got to go make your own he pretty much said in the old interview he made the show because nobody would ever give him a show and you got to create your own like opportunities and he has a good quote i was reading into it like after like doing that phone call and like pissed i didn't get the recording out there i started like reading old interviews of his and like articles just in case i had the opportunity to interview him again or talk to him and he has this quote he said i always approach everything in my career as if it may not be luck lucky and i may not be talented so i work hard he said i thought that's a good quote you know always approaching everything in his career it may not be that he's lucky it may not be you know that he's talented so he just works hard he said and he always has a consistent uh do-it-yourself vision so shout out to tom green and i think people would do anything to have his career you know and just like just like the range of it you know he kind of like was underground in a couple for a couple years doing his own thing um not getting on tv as much but doing stand-up comedy and just like just being able to like create your own opportunities and get paid for it and like make a full-time career out of like comedy broadcasting and just being ahead of the curve the one thing i will say is like a comedian once told me nothing is original anymore and the original usually doesn't get the exposure or popularity they deserve it's that instead it's like the third or fourth like person doing the same thing the original did and i think for tom green's sake i feel like at the it's like weird circumstances where like m t v like is like the social media back then like m t v is like you're building your own brand your own network, and now stuff you have to do on your own would be on MTV. you, you see that like where guide code's done right. People have like said, oh, you could have been on Guy Code, you could have done this. And I feel like MTV2 was a great platform for comedians. You don't have that anymore on TV. And people still watch TV. Your average people who aren't like hardcore comedy stands will watch TV and regular comedy stands will watch it, but it's more Netflix and streaming and putting yourself on an online platforms. There's a good majority though who still watch TV and that's how Tom Green got noticed and like was like globally famous. And I really think that's important because for Tom Green's sake, like he was like original in a lot of his stuff, right? And usually the people who get more exposure or popularity are like the third or fourth person copying Tom Green. Like the Bam Margera's influence off Tom Green, come on, and Don Vito. Because Tom Green would do that shit to his parents. The Jackasses, the Eric Andres. You know, it's just very interesting, but Tom Green was, like, our originator from this stuff, and so was Joe Rogan, and, like, it's, it's like, they're, they did these shows because they didn't want to have to deal with corporate sponsors or TV sponsors, but, like, even Tom Green was on TV and you could tell he's, like, a late-night show fanatic. Like, he definitely looks up to Johnny Carson and, like, Letterman and all that, and he was, like, infatuated with, like, stand-up comedy and, like, Canadian comedians and everything. So, like, to have him uh, do a show. He probably would love that a TV show and like host Saturday night live in 99 or whatever year he did. You could tell he was like loving that stuff. But at the same time, he realized like these networks aren't going to allow me to like be me fully. So he's like, fuck it. And like, uh, did his own stuff after and before because he was on public access he was on a canadian he lived in his parents basement and did tv show in canada for six years then got called up to mtv which is probably legendary for him and then just to be on snl be in movies date hollywood actresses like pretty much marry them i didn't get into all that stuff i didn't want him to like yell at me that's the thing i understand his take it's like You might not do an interview with someone you don't know. You feel more comfortable knowing them or if it's on a huge platform. And I really feel like as Keep It Basement, I'm like Oprah before Oprah was famous. Not to like call myself and have the same town as Oprah, but pretty much I could have people open up, interview them, make them feel comfortable, give them a good laugh, give the listeners good entertainment, whether it's porn star interviews, comedian interviews, or just me talking about life and like people yelling at me and hating me. I feel as if it's just everything's there besides the actual exposure. And just me putting in, the, I guess, more work than I should. But, like, with Tom Green, it was inspirational talking to him and just getting that feedback and also just talking. And I didn't, like, over-promote where I was, like, talking about Keep It Basement nonstop, even though he kept shouting it out in me. I didn't, like, tell him everything I did. But I just told him, like, the basis of it to, like, get the combo rolling, you know. But it was just a cool fucking call. And I guess if comedians are listening to this, it's almost like if your favorite comedian or someone you look up to, like, their blueprint, they give you the time of the day and you talk to them for, like, an hour. Or if you're, like, an actor and, like, Denzel Washington and, like, talk to you for an hour. It's like, like I said, it's like, I don't know. I I think I'm inspired by Tom Green's work ethic and uh, what he does, like, on his, like, creates his own platform. But I don't know everything exactly about his career. I don't know every special he did. I don't know every TV show he did. It was kind of at a later time where he was a little older and people I guess now in their 40s or 50s probably know more about Tom Green than people in their 30s and 20s if that makes sense and he was like a cult classic in a way and he had like that cult following and the funny stuff the sl- the Slutmobile and the undercutters is funny as fuck everyone should ch- uh, t- look into that but like it's so weird it's so interesting like who inspired Tom Green I mean I'm sure he probably will say it and probably has but I think it's like people in Canada and then like Johnny Carson and it's like with the one thing that's interesting to him is, like, I have an act too where I'm, like, more in, like, hardcore, like, that was the Sweenes, technically. And then with podcasting, it's more authentic, so you're yourself and you're not, like, running bits and stuff. But, like, when you're interviewing people or porn stars, it's, like, more in your character, right? The character of Tom Green, you could tell he's, like, wild and wants a reaction out of people, and he probably gets in creative ruts when you, you're just trying to, like, top what he's doing, right? And over time, that gets old. And I feel like as you evolve, it's different. And now it's like he's more, like you know, evolves an interview and an appreciative like art and comedy and everything. But it's, it's wonder, it's weird how to like combine the two or like to not combine the two and to like have like, you know, the swings as a show where I'm interviewing porn stars and I'm hyped up. Or if it, someone comes in the basement, I'm not going to be a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like, when Tom Green had his show in his living room, he wasn't a dick to a lot of his guests probably. But if it was on like MTV network where everyone's watching and you're on a studio and you don't like approve of the guest or you just have the guest come on, it's a different story where you could kind of be like more weird or goofy with them if you're not their best friend or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to have a UFC fighter come here or a comedian um, with a good exposure and be a complete uh, jerk off to them and ask them fucked up shit or do fucked up shit. It's more or less a genuine conversation. But yeah, I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, keep It Basement, Tom Green. Cool experience. Hope to have him on sometime. Legend in the fucking game, though. Uh, just his whole career, like I said. Just stand-up comedy. Then he goes to broadcasting. A radio show in high school and college. Like, hip-hop station. A hip-hop guy who makes rap songs. Just does what he wants. And then he does a a fucking... For years a public access tv show in Canada gets picked up by MTV. I'd say there is like your situation as a public access tv, right? It's different now. Like I was on public access tv. You really can't do shit. You probably got away with a lot. I mean, you can if you know the people or if you're lucky if they put you on late at night like they did with me, porn interviews and comedy interviews. Public access tv is like good to get your ideas out there now, but now you got YouTube and shit. You could just do that, right? And he did it like organic. Oh, he did it raw and authentic. And then, like, the MTV cosign is pretty much you going viral on Instagram because after that, it's like, boom, you're in. And then the MTV stuff, he yeah, had Tesla cancer, survived that. That had been rough. And in some movies, Freddie got fingered, uh, road trip, all that stuff, all that cool stuff, a lot of other stuff. And then he had that like run. And I would take that as a career. Like, there's people who be like, yo, what's Tom Green doing now? Like, what the fuck are you doing now, bro? Like He's still doing his comedy. He's doing what he wants. He gets paid full-time to do what he likes, and that's a good run. A lot of people don't realize, and a lot of people aren't grateful. Like He had a great run, and he had a lot going on in his life, and it was interesting, uh, and I think he's an interesting story, and you know, I would love to get him on and ask questions that would help inspire up-and-coming creators. And also share his story in a positive light and to, uh, you know, inspire the people out there and also give Tom Green the flowers he deserves as the shit he does in this game and did in this game. And he, I think he's coming back with other stuff, too. I think he's got some Rogan in him. I think he's going to be more broadcasting, more stuff like that. I don't even realize it. now I'm starting to realize that when you're a stand-up comedian, like, he focuses on that 100%. And now during the quarantine, it's time to get creative and do other stuff. Dude's making beats, doing live broadcast, everything. But, Yeah. Shout out to Keep It Basement. Listen to us. Rate, subscribe. Keep It Basement on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. You name it. And on YouTube, we interview a lot of different people. Porn stars, comedians, rappers, artists, media personalities. Uh, Shout out to y'all. Thanks for listening. Keep It Basement, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Keep It Basement keep it basement back at it baby with the bang bangers nigga shut your ass up man i don't give a fuck man
1: you are listening to keep it in the basement like most italians if
0: you're not italian keep it there anyway well
1: that's cool because you're a fan i'm a fan too you know what i'm saying i think to me fans make the best interview you know what i mean like because because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective when you're a true fan and you follow the artist, and you study your artist, and you know what artist's music, you know an artist's background. You know the questions, the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I like yeah. like a lot of interviewers, I have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the truth about it is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question, and the an artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about.
2: Hello. Hello, Sipes. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Mike Sweeney.
1: Hey.
2: What's up, dude?
1: Mike Sweeney. Got it.
2: What? it. What radio? Basement. Hey, Keep It Basement? Like, keep it,
1: like, keep it in the house. Keep It yeah. Basement Radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Sweeney, and Keep It
3: Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep It Basement.
1: You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It
0: Basement podcast with your boy, Sweeney. Y'all heard? What's up, Sween? Now, tune to motherfucking derelict. Keep it basement with the Sween's. That's the name of the
2: podcast. Keep it basement with the Sween's. Keep it basement. (gasps) We out? Welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world, with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over a hundred possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve, able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Based On Podcast. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Keep It Basement is brought to you by Promescent. Promescent is a safe, proven, effective, lasting, longer spray that can delay ejaculation and let men enjoy lovemaking in a way that they didn't know was possible. Promescent isn't just a spray to help you last longer in bed. It's a way to slow down the clock, giving you more time to play, more time to explore, and more time to discover new levels of intimacy with your partner. The primary benefit of using Promescent, is that it is a local therapy and you won't have the risk of experiencing side effects like you would with an oral supplement. Simple and easy to use. Just spray on the underside of the head of your penis and some on the underside shaft as well. Apply three or more sprays, but no more than 10 and rub in. Wait five to 10 minutes until it is fully absorbed into your skin. Don't forget to wash off the spray before engaging in sexual intercourse. Promescent offers spray, lubricant, condoms, and Betaflux, an erectile dysfunction pill, and offers free shipping on U.S. orders over $10. Follow Promescent on Instagram or visit promescent.com for more information. This is the Keep It Basement podcast. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Laughable, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you can listen to us at. And also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Keep It Basement, and check the YouTube page out, Keep It Basement YouTube, for more interviews and content coming your way. Thank you for listening. Check out
3: Dankstop.com. We have the biggest selection of bongs, vaporizers, accessories, anything that you're looking for in the smoking industry. Use promo code BE Awesome. That's uh, B E Awesome. A W E S O M E. One word, put it together, no spaces. That's for 15% off. Check us out. Uh, Stay tuned for a giveaway that we're doing with Keep It Basement. Shout out, Keep It Basement. You guys were awesome. And hopefully we speak again soon. Thank you, Louie. Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey Champs.
1: (laughs) Sam. I'm not looking at you. What the fuck are you talking about,
3: man? Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey Champs, and you're listening to Keep It Basement. Uh, Oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you
2: know it keep it fucking moving um porn sex it's like 45 minutes an hour but like real sex is like 20 minutes well maybe for me i guess try like 3 or 4 hours
3: uh, hour and
2: 45 minutes what the fuck? It's mean, four hours. Any words of wisdom here? Always use a
3: condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got, like, really strong pull-out game, okay?
2: <laughs> pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I have one, too. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram, I don't got Tweeters, I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him.
1: That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar?
2: You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions do funny guys get laid more?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Would you did uh, go with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches?
1: Oh, how funny are you?
2: Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. Sick
3: of it. Stay down in the cellar and shut the fuck up.
2: Keep it basement podcast it basement. description. Find Keep It Basement with the Swings wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop <laughs> in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast.
3: We out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Stealth Mode Monotone. Motorsports. It's a fucking read-through. What am I supposed to be? Act interested. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality, <laughs> quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati, super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. Specializing in Yamaha R1 and R6, GSXR 600, 750,000. ZX6R, ZX10R, and CBR1000RR, late model years. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you uh, want to do? You want to go to the shitbag comedy show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to keep Basement. Basement rate subscribe. Hey, thanks, guys. Peace. Just
2: masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. The top of
0: California.
3: You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the at the at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes! Mike turned into a a spot on a Jimmy Kimmel Tonight Show. You never know. You gotta try it. You just can't stay on a safe route, because then you're gonna end up being kind of bitter when you get older. But you didn't take no chances. that's it. That's my
1: future.